Hello and welcome to episode 5 of the ISO podcast. Uh, I'm your host Chuck Duru and on today's episode I had three-time EBL coach of the year and Great Britain assistant coach Mark Stutel. On today's episode we discussed his recent appointment as head coach of the Teesside Lions, his recent appointment as interim head coach in the GB team in the Yast Eurobasket qualifiers. We spoke about all things Northumbria uh, from nearly getting relegated to winning division one a few years later. We also talk, spoke about my time playing for Mark uh, in my first season of Division 1 basketball um, and we finished up by discussing culture within a basketball team and uh, what Mark attributed to creating a successful culture in his teams. So yeah, it was a really, really good episode. It was a quite a personal one to be fair. Um, but yeah, I hope you guys enjoy it. As always, don't forget to like, subscribe, comment, share, all that good stuff. And as always, thank you to everybody that's supporting supporting the ting you know keep supporting the ting um and yeah hope you enjoy it mark how you doing man sure good good to hear from you i'm good thanks how are you oh, i'm really well man really well how's the lockdown treating you yeah um uh it's, in, it, it's interesting isn't it you kind of like you go through a cycle of like oh you know this gets a bit tedious a bit repetitive and then you know takes maybe like you just you know take a pause for a second and kind of check yourself and go you know, in the grand scheme of things, it's it's staying. You know, staying in the house is the least of, you know, the least of kind of worries with everything's going on at the minute. So, friends and family are, you know, we're fortunate. You know, happy and healthy. So that's kind of that's kind of most important thing. And I know that you know it's impacted a lot of people. So, yeah, I'm 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 good. You know, um, so yeah, just kind of I am I am you know hopeful that over time if people keep kind of sticking to the sticking to the you know the government orders and stuff that we can start getting back to some normality because I, I am ready for it but yeah generally all good generally all good that's good that's good yeah I'm, I'm the same to be honest I'm I can't wait to go back into my office like I've <laughs> at the beginning it was fun you know working from home and whatnot um in my in my nine to five but I've got to the point where it's like I want to on one hand, I'm saving money, obviously not commuting to London, uh, and on another hand, you know, working from home is getting. I'm getting sick of the sight of my house. So yeah, it's a bit of a weird one, but yeah, soon be back to normal. So yeah, so obviously for people who don't know, you know, I I played for you my first season in Division One, which we'll touch on in a bit. You know, you're the currently the assistant coach of the Great Britain team, um, recently promoted to head coach and led the GB team in the um, Eurobasket qualifiers against Montenegro in Germany. Last night, I found out some, some news, you know, you, you, you surprisingly signed for uh, the Teesside Lions. Um, yeah, yeah. Congrats, man. I was, very, I, was I, I can't lie, I was shocked, you know, uh, to see that you'd gone there. But, um, but yeah, what was the, what was the reasoning behind that? Yeah, um, well, th- thanks, Chuck, I appreciate it, mate. So you know, it, it, it's funny. I kind of chuck, this is not aimed at you, and you know, my my, my um, social media at the minute is, is Twitter, and and that that's it. That's the only one that I'm on. Um, yeah. I, I kind of I can't, a while ago I kind of got rid of Instagram and Facebook. You know, each to their own. I have no problem with people being on it. I think there's a need for them, but just for me, I kind of I, I do like Twitter as kind of like a resource. Um, you know, I think that people share a lot of good stuff, both in, you know, like my nine to five education and coaching stuff, you know, so I know mm-hmm. that, you know, a few of my friends sent me some different conversations or whatever that was on. And, you know, I think the, the, the point that I was getting to is I think nowadays, you know, people have an opinion first before they get informed second. And, yeah. and you know, like I think that an informed opinion is what, is what, you know, kind of I value. 
and obviously there's you know there's, there's many different moving parts to every every kind of decision that's played. Um, I I'm obviously based in the northeast. Um, yeah. You know, basketball coaching is 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 kind of my passion, and it's the thing that I believe that I do best, like professionally. Um, yeah. And you know, I've had kind of different opportunities, I've had different experiences, etc. And and where kind of you know my my life is at the minute. You know, I have a four year old son who's who's based in Newcastle, and uh, you know the the, the opportunity uh, Teesside Lions. I, I'm I'm elated. You know, I am the the. Um, I think the club is going in the right direction. Um, you know, it's it's. I've been honest with with the you know the the two gentlemen at the club, James Thompson and Martin Anderson, who, who who've worked hard to kind of. You know, put this together and kind of get me on board, and and you know, do I want to be coaching Division Three? You know, I'm not being disrespectful to anybody. No. You know, you know, I, I I don't, I don't want to be coaching in Division Three. Mm-hmm. However, do, you know, do I want to be with a club that's got ambition? You know, they have a you know a vision. They're trying to do things the right way. Um, you know, do I want all of those things where you know, hopefully, I can be part of that journey and help you know add some add some experience and add some. I guess value and you know see that see the team progress then yeah absolutely and you know Middlesbrough for me it's it's an hour down the road where I am um, you know since Northumbria situation where there hasn't been a national league um, it's kind of allowed me to have a little bit more time and there's you know there's different things going on and, and it, I, I feel like it's the right time to to get back involved in in the national league and you know yeah. thanks to every Teesside Lions for, you know for being able to make it happen and you know I'm just I, I think for me it's a short term. You know, to see what we can do on the court. You know, obviously, there's going to be a little bit of pressure there to to kind of get out of the league and, and move through the leagues. And you know that the, the club has ambition to be in the BBL, and and that's something where you know in in this country that's where I believe um, that's where I believe I should be coaching and I want to be coaching. And yeah. you know, I, I think sometimes I can either sit here and you know wait for something, or I can you know get involved with a, an exciting project and see whether. You know, I can make it happen. So that's that's the rationale behind it. I, I'm excited again. You know, really thankful to to James and Martin at Teesside, and and we'll see what you know, we'll see what goes on from there. Yeah, no, I mean, I respect that 100 percent, man. And you know, back on what you said about the Twitter things, cause obviously, you know me, I'm I'm a social media busybody. So like, I saw obviously I saw a lot of stuff, and for the most part, I mean, everything I saw was to just people just surprised I think more than anything obviously given your success with with the GB team which speaks highly to the way people regard you do you know what I'm saying so yeah. but um, but no it's I think you know it's like you said you know given the Northumbria situation you've been out of the of the National League scene for what, a couple of seasons now and I think I'm sure you'll be successful at first I thought you know is this a reunion with Tommy D is, is Tommy D behind <laughs> this <laughs> he's a mastermind you know that hey. he's the guy Listen, all together. listen Toby, yeah. man. Hey, I said, damn, Toby, you, you really done it, huh? <laughs> but no, no, that's great, man. And like you said, you know, I've I've read into the, I read the article they put up and um on their website, and it does seem like they've got ambition, you know, uh, to get to the BBL and and you know, you never know in a few years' time, you know, speaking from someone who you know who started, with, you know, when New, you were around when Newcastle started and we started in Division Four, and you know. I wanted to be playing at a higher level, you know. What I mean, I kept begging you to let me play for you, you know. But, <laughs> but you know, is is great. It was a great experience, and I think I'm sure you'll be successful there. So yeah, let's talk about uh, the GB Eurobasket window. So you take over the reins as 
interim head coach um, in the absence of Nate Ranking. Um, first game against Montenegro away, uh, which you guys unfortunately lost. Um, and then you had the game against Germany in your backyard, essentially in the Eagles arena and, and you won. Um, talk to me about that. Did you did you feel nervous, you know, to, uh, essentially getting promoted to head coach? Um, how was your, what was it like going into the game? Um... Yeah, probably a little bit, mate. Yeah, for, for honesty, I think yeah, yeah, probably a little bit. I think um, you, you know, I think any time that you have an opportunity and a challenge, I think what it did, mate, it made me reflect on all of it. Like you know, probably the same thing from you know going back to like assisting, maybe second or third assistant on the first national team that I was with way back when, and then like you know first assistant on the national team, and you know head coach at 20s and, and you know first of all going from D2 I think it just made you reflect and go like any time you move up a level in, in any part of your, your profession mm. I think you know people who are very like aware and, and I try and be I try and be kind of self-aware I think you know there was a little bit where the size of the challenge I was I was obviously you know fully fully aware of um, from being in you know three windows previous as, as like an assistant coach and kind of um you know, feeling like I'd, I'd contributed to to the windows as an assistant coach, but obviously the, you know, sat in the hot seat, it, it, it changes things. So I was obviously, you know, there's probably a range of emotions, and I'd be lying if you know nerves wasn't one, um, exciting, um, or you know all that type of stuff. And yeah. I just think when we got into the got the once the decision was kind of final for me, it was kind of like like go time, and you know, let's just let's just do what we can and try and make sure that you know there's like no stone unturned as such in terms of our our prep um you know the planning the organization of the camp you know communicating with players ensuring that you know what everybody individually needs to do collectively needs to do um you know to try and to try and be successful and then once we got into the window you know the it's amazing that the the first session out in um, Montenegro on the Monday, and then we played on Friday. That that was it was the quickest, longest week of my life, and I know that's like you know I know that's idiotic, but it, you know it was it, it, it you know kind of um, players are great, you know players and these guys are playing at the, the level that they're playing at, and and, and, and they're pros, and, and they you know they play with pride, they do everything they can, but you know it's it's like you know, anything coaches reflect and kind of go into you know, mega detail on, on, on maybe something that a player has, has maybe not even thought about as such, you know. Um, yeah. so, so kind of going in, going into the game, um, you know, the environment out there was, you know, it was, it was, it was, um, it was like energetic, it was hostile, it was all this type of stuff. But then, you know, obviously we started the game um, in pretty much the exact opposite way. I wanted us to start with, you know, with the lineup that I had on the floor, I thought would you know, get a little bit, of, you know, better grip of the game defensively, and obviously we didn't. And then, you know, but it took us a while to kind of, you know, string a few stops together and get out in the open floor, and you know, try and try and do the things that we thought we had to to be successful in that game. And then we showed that we could compete at that level. But it's it just, I think I said to the guys afterwards, it, it felt like one of those, you know, GB. Oh well, we could have done this, we should have done this. You know, these these like just just the finer details on certain possessions. So. But then, I mean, honestly, the, the the resilience in the guys to, you know, have a the travel day on a Saturday that was, you know, into 
either Stansted or Gatwick, one of the two, I can't remember. And then, you know, all the way up to Newcastle, getting 1am in the morning. You know, we get a session on the Sunday. The, the, there was snow in Newcastle, so the buses were late. And we get, you know, we've only got one scheduled session. The Germans are training around us. So, you know, the session was late, whatever, blah, blah. All these little things kind of add up. And then the resilience that the guys had in, in, in the, to bounce back in the, in the Germany game was just... I was just so proud, mate, you know, like just pr- proud of everything. And then, you know, the probably least nervous that I was throughout the whole window is when the ball gets thrown up. You know, that's yeah. a bit that, that's the bit that's that's kind of, you know, you just get caught in, in, in competition mode. But yeah, I made I made experience, you know, mate, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah, no, it was it was a great game. Um, I think I watched the first quarter and a bit, and then I had to practice. Um, so I was kind of flicking through, checking the result, checking the result. And then in the end, um, obviously I saw the end result and went back and watched the highlights. But yeah, great game, man. And, you know, obviously I have some friends that play on the team. Um, so I was obviously ecstatic for, for GB, for them and for you, man. I feel like I feel like it was it was a great showcase for you, you know, to show show that you are the great coach that everybody speaks about. You know what I'm saying? Um, so that was, that was good, man. That was good. Let's... Uh, Let's touch on your your playing career. Now you're originally from the Merseyside, right? And yeah, you yeah. grew up playing at uh, Ellesmere Port. Is that right? Correct, mate. Yeah, yeah. Sunny Ellesmere Port. Um, yeah. So how did you get into basketball um, at first? Yeah, I think I'd have to give you a nudge there on the word career. You know, playing. Career. <laughs> uh, it's funny, mate. You know, like I, I just I loved playing. I loved competing. I kind of tried different things, football tried rugby um, and then you know I had um, a kind of a taste session at school um, it was actually Jason Swain who actually came and they were doing some outreach work for, for the Manchester Giants and they were oh, doing different stuff yeah and um, yeah, yeah mate honestly yeah, yeah hand down it's game over isn't it? uh, <laughs> yeah so you, you know I think I think that was kind of, you know tall kid. I want to say maybe fourteen. I think you know fourteen years old. I was probably six four, and you know not not great at the other sports. You know try hard, all that type of stuff. And I just you know I love sports. I love competing. Um, and then yeah, mate, just kind of um, ended up playing a year um, for a club because a guy who lived near me, my mum didn't drive initially. You know so getting to get into practice sessions was tough so there was a guy who lived near me that actually played for a club out in north wales which was like maybe an hour and 15 minutes either way mm. but because he was like on the estate or whatever so that i ended up going to that club for a year and, and that, that i think we just played like in a central venue league on a friday night in, in stockport so that was that was interesting and then the following season i ended up I was playing Ellesmere Port with Jimmy McGinn and that was kind of my first like real taste of, you know, this is National League basketball. And uh, I want to say at the time, I think it was under 15s, under 17s for a year. And then when I left Ellesmere Port after my GCSEs, I went to East Durham and it was under 16s, under 18s. And right. um, I did two years there under 18s at East Durham. And, um, you, know, I was ch- you know, I kind of developed, dec- you know, to a decent level by the end of my time there. I, I played England under 18s and that was, you know, that was a cool experience. And then I went out to the States for a year, played high school and then come, I, you know, I had, the reality is that I had offers, you know, six, six, um, not the most athletic guy, you know, like <laughs> could, 
you know, shoot a little bit, pass a little bit. But like, you know, I was very aware of my level and I had a couple of, I had one like really small D2 offer. Uh, I had an NAIA offer, but a school that I wanted to go to was a, it was a D3 school called Wittenberg and they'd been national champions a few years previous. But obviously the, you know, the tuition and so I was looking at like international grants part-time jobs and you know they put together what they could within their within their gift you know without it being an athletic scholarship and it was you know i think it, i would have to pay about maybe seven or eight thousand a year and you know tuition over here at this time was maybe like three grand a year and mm-hmm. i just couldn't i just couldn't get it together like my, i didn't want to put any pressure on my you know my mum to do that um so so I just yeah came back and, and ended up studying over here um, and playing over here for a couple of years and then you know bounced around um, East Durham ended up in Southampton for a year and then um, and then finished off at Northumbria before kind of the you know like the like the full time move into coaching as such but yeah I mean I mean it's it's you know everyone I talk to now and I've spoke to you know various different people at different levels of playing and you know they're always like oh I'm not sure if I should play or commit or have I got another year in me and you know the one thing I would say is you know play for as long as you can you know I think and that's I think my last season playing National League I was 24 maybe uh, 23, 24 somewhere around there and you know, I don't regret it because I was kind of my job at the time. You know, I was full time in coaching, um, but but I just you know I think that those experiences, that camaraderie, that buy in, that you know, the, the, everything that you get from playing, you know, do it for do it for as long as you can. You know, right? Um, but yeah, I think that's a that's a good point. You know, um, in terms of you know playing for as long as you can because. Everybody who I know who's you know has played, who's had good careers and and retired, they, that's the same thing they all say. They say play for as long as you can, play for as long as you can. Um, me personally, I've probably seen myself playing maybe two more seasons max, and then probably probably gonna hang it up um, and look towards going into coaching as well because it's something I've wanted to something I've wanted to do, and I've never really envisioned myself playing past into my thirties. To be honest, um, you know, I see guys like like Walid um, and legend. Tom, legends you know that who've who've gone into played into their 30s but i think for me it's just where i want to go with basketball you know i love playing and i'll never stop playing but you know it gets to a point where like i can't really at the minute see myself playing into my 30s um so yeah so it's great to get your perspective you know on, um, on your career and your journey um, it's it's in, it's interesting, mate. Isn't it? I mean, you know, like you say, Walid, he must be forty seven, forty eight now, and he's still, you know, he's, he's still. He's, but like you, you know, what you say about it's it's tough, isn't it, mate? And it, the, you know, the landscape of British basketball, mm. and whether it's some BBL teams, you know, definitely some NBL one teams of of you know people that have to balance, yeah, life. You know, you know, like and. Um, you know, I don't want to talk about people, you know, without knowing their personal circumstance. But you know, I've watched a couple of guys that have bounced around MBL one, end up in a, you know, a guy playing in you know BBL club this year, and I was a British guy, really impressed with his development and stuff. And, and you look at him, he's, he's maybe late twenties, going into you know thirties, and it's like they're not going to make enough money, you know, playing at that level to set themselves up for life as such. Yeah, 100%. so. You know, do they have to do things on the side, and are they getting guidance on that? And different people, like you know, Chuck, you, you've got a, you know an exceptional professional career, and mm. and you play alongside that. Yeah. You know, you know that once you hang them up, as so you're very stable with your career, and yeah. it's just it is it's it's something to 
you know, I like play whatever level you play at. I think people should play for as long as they can. But you know, do, do, do our players, you know, whether that's BBL, NBL, you know, do they get support? You know, kind of advice, guidance, you know, on on you know what they can do. One to stay engaged in the sport. Great that you want to coach, and then two, you know, what they can do post post playing. You know, so it is it it is really fascinating, mate. It is, and I, I don't. I think it's under. This you know under discussed under researched and so on you know I think it's something yeah, that yeah something that's there yeah. yeah um so yeah so you end up at Northumbria finish your playing career transition into coaching I think my first year at Newcastle was your first year in Division One um, okay yep with the that was the team the year you had you know Jason Washington that's right yeah Ivan, yeah Simon and so on. Um, so let's talk about Northumbria. Um, so that season, obviously, you know, newly into Division One, you've, you know, I think you had you won the playoffs in Division Two. A few guys left, a few guys came in. What was it like, you know, coaching in Division One for like the first few weeks, and like, what did you learn about yourself as a coach? Yeah, good, good question, mate. Um, I, I loved it. You know, I loved it. I think the, the the previous year, you know, it was so kind of tunnel vision on getting out of Division Two and. Um, you know, that was my first. I'd been been coaching as such at, at like the academy the year before, so I'd, I'd maybe had like a year of full time like coaching, and and you always think that you know more than you do, um, and you know it's amazing how no matter what many people tell you, um, I was fortunate to be able to bounce ideas and have good mentors. But you're still, you know, again, I'd be lying if you thought, you know, listen, you know, what impact does the coach have? You know, we've we've won Division Two, you know, we've won the playoffs, beat beat team by 50 in the playoff fine you know like we, we had a good team you know like we had a talented team and mm. you, you know I think that the guys stay together and stuff but winning obviously helps with that you know and then we get into division one and we finished third that year um, yeah. and, and we had like you know those first few weeks I think it was it was interesting I, 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 I want to say that we, we might have beat a Reading team early in the year I, I, I might be mixing the years up now maybe in the trophy or something I think. but mm. you, you know you, you're kind of trying to get a gauge for the level you're trying to um, I, what I found interesting there was having established guys that I'd had at Northumbria for one two or three years adding new guys in because the, you know the levels changed and the type of guys that you add a kind of you know, it's not just about putting talented players together. It's about, you know, the impact that it can have on, on every individual person and their role and their approach and, you know, where where they find their spaces from, etc. And, you know, I loved it. I, I absolutely, you know, I think Bristol were in the league at the time. So, you know, well-organised team. Obviously, then the BBL leader in the league at the time. Well-organised team. Um, and obviously, Matt's in the BBL, you know, with Worcester now. So, yeah. the league the league was really strong. Um mm. And, and you know, I really, I really enjoyed it. I probably learned, you know, I think one, I don't get, you know, different people, different things, but I, I do reflect on that, you know, probably by session, by, um, by game, by everything. Um, I think one of the first things that I did those first two years, I would always get players to fill out like feedback at the end of the year, and it was always, I always found out it, it was really rich. And I was like, why am I doing this at the end of the year? Like, yeah. you know, it makes no sense. I'm, I can't change anything I can change my coaching but I can't change anything for that group of players so I started to try and do it in different ways throughout the year at different points you know different individuals and stuff and but yeah I, I loved it mate it was it was a good experience we had so you know good group of guys good ethos amongst them and 
you know, it was really, it was fun. It was challenging. I learned a lot and it was, it was fun. Yeah. I mean, it, I went to a lot of your games, you know, obviously, um, Jay playing on the team, you know, me and him, obviously playing together at Newcastle at the time. And so, and obviously I had friends on the team as well. So I watched quite a lot of your games and yeah, yeah you guys were really, really good that year. I mean, if it wasn't for a controversial goaltending decision, you know, <laughs> uh, you, know you might have had a, a playoff title in your first year, you know. Um, but yeah, no, it was it was it was good to watch. You know, you guys really play some good basketball. I, t- I tell you what, mate. I, I'm gonna. I'm sorry, mate. I'm gonna. I'm gonna jump. You know, just jump in for the sec because you know you, you asked me the question like, what did you learn? And I think that was a humbling experience. I think you know. Um, yeah. And you know, I know that I can get. I can get like. Assertive, I can get you know animated. I can, you know, <laughs> I, you know, I know that those things can happen. But yeah. that it, it's it's funny. Like so, from a coaching standpoint, you know, like there might be different people. I remember for people who hadn't seen the play, it was you know Worthing had the ball their end line, maybe at one point some second left. So I put the biggest lineup that I had in. You know, I put guys in the game who hadn't played in the game. Yeah. Switch, you know, switched everything. Um, and 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 we you know we were a switching team so it wasn't you know like we'd worked on that a lot and and then the guy has a crazy you know one of our guys has a moment of madness and puts himself in a position for it to be called and obviously emotion spills over and you know it wasn't pretty afterwards you know like mm-hmm. I think you know I was I you know I was um, I was demonstrative towards the officials you know some the guy who actually you know he never played for Northumbria again and you know made sure of it because he you know I think he actually put his hand on one of the officials and you know mm-hmm. it was. It, it wasn't, but I learned from that, you know, that even the next day I went with my tail between my legs to the officials and, you know, apologised for, um, you know, apologised for, for how it was, um, you know, how it was kind of dealt with and so on. And that was, you know, you have to learn and, and you know, someone, guys say you've done something well, you know, take that on board and, you know, you have to reflect on when you haven't done something well, maybe, you know, and I tell you, the funny part was, I, I think that was 2012 yep. uh, and, and I was doing the FECC um on 2013 and the first year of it Richard Stokes British legend Euro League referee he was doing a session on um on different referee and I'm sat at the back of this lecture thing 70 coaches around Europe and he's like yeah this is one of the most spoken about calls at the minute and he brings that clip up and I'm just like oh you know I tried to bury it I tried to bury it mate you know I tried to bury it (laughs) but yeah yeah funny and just for the record, uh, if Danny Hildreth's listening, because me and Danny talk about this, we're living coach. Just for the record, uh, he believed that it was not a goaltend. But anyway, anyway, anyway. And and I like them. You know, Reading, Reading were next level that year, mate. They were in the final. And yeah. Sammy, Nurizade, you know, just different classes of coach, you know. And yeah, yeah. He had a young Luke Nelson, a young Lewis champion. Um, and and we we beat them at their place that year. I think they they maybe won fourteen straight or something. And I think we went down there and Ivan Emanuelly just had an incredible defensive game on on Luke Nelson. And you know, we, like I liked that matchup, you know. So I just yeah. But anyway, it, it was it was more of a learning thing than, than not. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, hundred percent. Hundred percent. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So your second season uh, in Division One was one could say you know completely opposite. You know, you guys. <laughs> had a shitty season you know for better words um let's talk about that because i think you know they say you know adversity shows character or whatever the saying is and i think yeah i'm gonna assume that for you that was probably maybe a low point of your coaching career you know um 
from the outside looking in, it never looked like your team lacked talent because you had like good players. You had some good players, you know. You had like Ricky Fetsky, JP yeah. when he was yeah. wasn't injured. Um, yeah. Sean Clifford, like you had a, you had a good group of players, um, but something just didn't seem to click. Talk on that, and that's uh, that turbulent season. And what you Chuck, when, Chuck, Chuck, the first thing is, mate, when you ask me to do a podcast, I didn't expect you to do your homework. Do you know what I mean, mate? <laughs> hey, so, listen. Yeah. No, you know, I, you, you know, I know you would have done that. Yeah, yeah. Listen, mate, that, that year, you know, people talk about it a lot. And, you know, I think there's different, you know, you know, you say the adversity, you know, doesn't build character, reveals it, all these different, you know, that was for me, you know, as a young coach, you probably thought I knew more than probably what I did. Mm. Uh, I had two years of relative success. And then this next year, I liked the group that, that I had on paper and we actually as well that i remember this specifically because you know i've got all old games and stuff we had um, a, a decent trophy run i think i think we played six games in the trophy and we were three and three mm. you know we beat bristol away clifford had a 32 i had a guy mick Stasio. you know i felt like the makeup of the team was different but you know I, I you look back on it and did i do a good job probably not um but did i learn more than I can tell you, absolutely, mate. Um, and and you know, a, a massive shout out to uh, Chris Meller, who you know, Bradford coach. Just he he's just the most supportive guy ever, and he'll you know he'll shoot it to you like straight as such. And mm. you know, like that year, like I was learning to deal with week to week losses, and I'm trying to do different things, and I'm and I'm you know using them as a sounding board to be like you know what do i do here have you got any ideas i've done this this was the and honestly mate such fine margins I, like and, and there's two like, like you talk about learning one it, it you know the biggest thing that i will always agree with is coaching is people you know and yeah uh, you know sometimes if you know coach, every coach in the world has a game plan if it's not the right tactical approach but you've got five guys on the floor believing and executing the game plan sometimes that'll carry you through you know you know what i'm like yeah, yeah. so it's it's you know i like to think that you know you can plan the right way and be effective the right way and so on but you know i told you about the the, the obviously the playoff final when you know tag, i switched people into the game and, and the guy who made the mistake hadn't played in the game but in my yeah. head i was like well, this is what you know the manual says. This is what this coach says. You know, you can kind of get your taller. And, and we were playing a game. Uh, I want, it was Leicester away, and Prezi Blue, who obviously was legit in the BBL, uh, he was playing for Leicester Warriors. Yeah. And this was it was us and Warriors that were kind of competing to stay in the league. And we hadn't had much confidence, whatever. We played out of our skin. We were up three, maybe you know three seconds left. Maybe four or five seconds left. Prezi Blue gets the ball full court. We score to go up three, and and one uh, my American guy Mick Stasio, who was just you know like absolute warrior, like just would run through a brick wall for you, like just you know just a good guy, and, and he, he's picking Prezi Blue up full court, and I'm screaming I think zero at the time, which is off. off you know, our foul call, screaming it because I'm like, well, that's what you do. You foul, you make him shoot two, you rebound, the game's done. But you know, like there's. I don't want to say this atmosphere, but it's loud and mixed, like, focused on, you know, guarding, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And I'm shouting, I'm shouting, I'm shouting. And by the time Mick gets the call, maybe I've screamed it the fourth time now, he's about two feet outside a three-point line, picks the ball up. I stop shouting it, obviously, about half a second beforehand. But then Mick <laughs> fouls him. Oh, my God. So he goes Come to on, the... Mickey. Yeah, he goes to, he goes to the line, he hits three. And, like... You know, mix and he's, he's, you know, he played it. He had a good college career at a sound college in the States, etc. But 
you know, at the time, I look back at it and I go, why am I screaming at the top of my voice? Blah, 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 blah. And, and, and do you know, like, there's all these little things. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I remember I went on a coach development trip that year mm. um, to Serbia. Um, and I was talking with Matt Johnson about this actual thing from Reading and you know we just okay well that's what you know everyone says the theory says you foul and in my head I'm going like there's so many different you know and then the following year we had the same situation against Derby and Tintin was playing and I didn't foul and he got a three point look off and he missed and we won and you know it's these little fine margins mate where you've just got to you've got to learn from experience I suppose you know but yeah Yeah. the group the group maybe didn't didn't mesh I don't think I maybe did a great job Clifford got hurt halfway through the year which hurt us because he was really the key to everything Um, but but what I am proud of is I know you came in as well afterwards but is is that you know Tommy Devitt had had a tough time there Uh, Jack Preston had a tough time there and those guys stayed the course you know and and yeah. you know kind of as that was probably the low point for us they they obviously you know experienced some success as well yeah and and on that i think you know looking back you know like you said about tommy and jp and um essentially you know despite the you know the uh, the how shitty the season was you know you were able to sort of keep that have some sort of a core to kind of not ch- essentially change the whole team but add and chop and change but keep those guys um, and sort of develop your identity um, as Northumbria. Um, but yeah, uh, let's fast forward then uh, to season four, uh, where you know a, a young man from across the road came and and joined and signed up. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I wanna I wanna just like talk about because I've never really spoke. We've never really spoke about you know my season at Northumbria, and I think. I think it's been a big part of my basketball journey, um, albeit just the one season. Um, I think firstly, like obviously going in, you know, coming from, you know, the enemies across the road and, you know, <laughs> having been like such a big part at Newcastle, I think a lot of people were shocked when I said I was going to Northumbria. And like looking back, I think at the time, you know, I think, I don't think we had the greatest relationship. I don't think we had a bad relationship, but yeah, it, I don't think it was, if I'm being honest, it wasn't the greatest relationship. You know, I never really, I didn't, I didn't hate Northumbria. Like, I never hate's a strong word. I never hated them, but within the realms of basketball, you know, we had that rivalry. You know, that Newcastle Northumbria, and I've never been a part of a one-sided rivalry as it was. You know, when I came to Newcastle, you know, it was literally Northumbria are the basketball hub. Newcastle, you know, they're just the boffins. You know that they've got two good players and some doctors. You know, that's what that, <laughs> that was the teams they had. Like, and like my sort of third year, we. We eventually, you know, became, you know, we started the D4 team. We started, you know, to become, like, reputable, I suppose, in uh, in the in basketball. And then, obviously, you know, I quote-unquote jump ship and go to Northumbria, my master's Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, I mean, despite all that, you know, I always say, like, you know, I've, I, when I played for you, you know, I, I learned a lot about basketball. You know, I learned a lot about myself. You know, I wanted to play more. You know what I mean? I, yeah. I, and I think me respecting you so much people some people asked me like at the time like oh, are you gonna are you gonna quit you're gonna quit but if i'm being honest i never thought about quitting because i felt like whilst i wanted to play more and, and you know i felt like i should have been playing more at the time i felt like i was learning do you see what i'm saying and mm-hmm. and i think why i say i learned a lot about myself that year is because i think i realized i'd been spoiled my career to date to that to that point whereby i kind of was able to get away with not doing other things like more so on the defensive end and other stuff and 
I kind of got away just because I could put the ball in the basket. But I yeah. think looking back, I, I realised, you know, why I didn't play as much as I wanted to and stuff. And, and, I, and I, again, I feel like that that was a big point in my career in terms of understanding, you know, what I needed to do to to play at this level consistently and what and what I needed to sort of, you know, add to my game. And like one of the things you told me, I think the first, one of the first few sessions is you said to me, you said, Chuck, you've got bad practice habits. And at the point, at the time, I was like, what the fuck are you talking about practice habits? You know, like, you know, like the AI uh, video, you know, practice? He's talking about practice? Yeah, but then yeah, I, I think yesterday, but, yeah. <laughs> yeah. but then it's like further down the line I kind of I realised you know more so when I went to other teams you know I went to Hemel the next two seasons you know I went to now Essex and I realised what you meant um, I did kind of realise later on then but then I realised it made more sense you know as I got a bit older um, and things like that I think I owe to you you know you, you, I never I've never said this to you but you know what I mean I'm really appreciative of you you know giving me that opportunity and and I think that year for me, I think it was crazy because we were really, we were a really good home team and a really bad away team, which baffled me because, you know, I think when I looked back, when I was looking back, I think we lost one game at home the whole year. Yeah. And we won, I think we lost, we had that losing streak towards the end. We had this, that and the third. Um, but yeah, let's, let's talk about that year. Um, what do you think? What do you yeah. think? Um, not so much went wrong, but what do? You, how would you compare that year to you know your your private your previous Northumberland teams? Yeah, so you touched on so much there, mate, and, and and I think that's you know I think people say different things, but obviously you know reflection and time for everybody, and this me as a coach, you know, like yeah. the stuff that you've said, I, I honestly would absolutely we haven't spoken, and maybe that's how I would describe it. You know, I don't think our relationship was you know was amazing I don't think it was bad but there, there was even any time we would talk there was this undertone of, of you wanted to play more and I wasn't putting you on the floor more yeah. you know and there's, there was I mean I, you know this is just from memory but I do I remember playing Lancashire at, at Benfield um, yeah. down the stretch the idea you know we put we, we put a bigger line upon posted you as the three and we won the game in the fourth because yeah. you just you, do you know what I mean like and I, and I remember that from memory mate that's not from you know what I mean? So I generally believe in like the squad and there's been like examples where I've got it right and there's been examples where I've got it wrong, you know. Yeah. I, I had a guy that people probably don't associate with Northumbria, a guy, Sam Spate, yeah. who didn't see the floor much over the two or three years with us. We played Bradford at home one game and because of what, you know, the emphasis that we put on practice and, and practice was competitive and, you know, I'm going to hold you accountable and I'm going to make sure that you know the guys are holding each other accountable mm. like I remember we had a game where we were just decimated with injuries I think a flu we had seven players Sam was one of them and he had like 14 points like down the stretch against Bradford and, and yeah. you know I spoke to Meller after the game and he's like you know we just didn't expect it and I'm like you know it's about staying I know people say it a lot staying ready now mm. they're good examples that I'll give to you but I've also I, I need to reflect and say you know, the year that we had Teo, we won a lot. Yeah. Teo was Teo was key for us. Yeah. But the reality is, I was I was rotating Teo, Mal, and Simon. Yeah. As, as between three spots, and then JP gets hurt, and 
you know, before we, we had a double header, Loughborough away, Manchester away, JP gets hurt. And I'm like, well, we're going to have to start Tails at three. And I hadn't really trusted him to do that beforehand, which had a knock on effect on the lineup because then I had to drop Lamar and bring Blaine off the bench and start him. And everybody bought into it. Yeah. And Tail was just next level as a three. But that was circuit. Do, do you know what I mean, mate? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, there's, there's two sides. You know, you can look at it and say, well, I knew what I was doing as a coach. And I, you know, I'd like to think that I do, you know, kind of hold guys accountable and you know any decision that I make is for the benefit of the team but there's obviously you know there's so many different layers to it as well so I think I think you're on the money with our relationship and you know as much as you know you're saying you know you appreciated I guess you know that experience with you and I me too because yeah, you know I will talk I will answer your question mate and I did say a good talk but I um, <laughs> that's I, cool I remember, man we've got time <laughs> yeah I, rem- I remember um, I remember you played the shield final on the wednesday with your books team yeah. um and you won i believe you yeah. did win yeah. yeah you did you had the guard who was i can't remember his name is really solid i liked him oh robbie um yeah yeah that, that's right mate mm-hmm. and um and then we northumbria played in the final afterwards i do believe and i think yeah. we lost was it was it a sheffield chuck Yep, uh, f- yeah. a forge, forge is forge, that's right, forge, Pond's yeah. forge, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah so we it. lost and we lost to Loughborough in the final. Uh, good job, you know those guys. And I remember I gave my guys the day off, like because we'd had a heavy schedule. And you and I were talking, and then you text me, and you were like, "Can I work out?" And I remember on the Thursday I had a session, just me and you on the, on the national league slot, and you worked out. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah. Like those things, you know, good things happen to like, you know, good people. And I know, like, there's so much that you learn from it. And that's where I'm going, you know, this guy is serious about getting better. And, you know, like, I just I think that everything is, you know, perception and people, etc. Yeah. So, so that, that year with yourself, I think, yeah, we were good at home. I, I honestly, and this is no disrespect to anyone on that team, I don't think people would class that team as, as the deepest that we had. Um, you know, so yeah. I remember um, we had a game where we played Essex at home and we won, and they were they were loaded, and I think Simon was injured, and I think was we played the Moy was on that team right as well, yeah. the Moy Robertson, yeah. and I think we played the Moy as a four and Jackie Will as a five. You know, yeah. so I think you know the reality is that we didn't we had talent, but I don't think we had the depth that we've had in other groups, yeah. and I honestly think that, that that probably played played you know played a part in it, um, but. I felt that that group was key for starting and springboarding the next kind of, you know, the next couple of years. And it was obviously the first group after when we had a bad year. Yep. And it was kind of, you know, getting some credibility back and, like you say, that Northumbria identity. So it was a fun year. Like, I've got, you know, I'm not sure how much I've got, but I remember seeing, like, you know, different clips, etc. different guys doing different things. You know, Garnett was on the team and, you know, by his own admission, you know, maybe not the most skilled, but you know, kind of, you know, really hard worker, would do everything. And I just, you know, I think different guys at different times all, all were able to contribute. So, yeah, that was a, it was a fun year, man. No, 100%, man, 100%. Touching on the, you know, the next season, I've put in brackets, trust in the process. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, you know, like you said, you know, you guys had Teo. Um, obviously, a few guys left and you had Teo, you had Blaine, you had Malcolm, you had a few guys, um, you know, Outside of obviously, I, I was at Hemel at the time, so we ended up playing you guys, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, you guys were really good, man, that year, like you know, well deserved champions. Um, what do you think, besides you know, you know, the additional talent, um, what do you think you got right that year? Um, and why do you think you were so successful? We, we were good defensively, you know, like we were good defensively. Um, 
but we had we had great balance and again the more you learn like you know you, you do you get lucky and this is you know it's no knock to anyone that was there before or whatever but you know i had a spanish guy coming in who was committed and he put he pulled out last minute and obviously like you know we do have some scholarships at the uni but you know they're not it's not life-changing money still you know people still have to self-fund at some yep. level to be there mm-hmm. and i went to watch usa select about you know we'd been two three weeks into our season and they were, we were practicing that night and i rang simon stewart who was the captain and said listen it, it's Probably one of the first sessions I'm ever going to miss, other than the birth of my son, and and I need to go and watch this because we I feel like we need another body. And um, Fab is driving to the basket. Guy steps in, takes a charge. Guy gets a rebound. And I'm like, this is the guy that I want. He just, you know, <laughs> and it, it it was Big Mal, you know, Big Mal Smith, and he. Uh, they were meant to be travelling down to London the next day. He ended up staying with JP that for a night. And he, the guy was just desperate for an opportunity. We get him on a good master's course that is applicable to where he wants to go in his career. And of course, you know, like we did have talent, but having a you know a talented player like Malcolm, who was just humble, you know, and and the guys just he just bought into him straight away. You know, it took two three weeks. And I'm like, you know, you got to be more assertive, you know, and and Blaine, you know, Blaine, Blaine, me, <laughs> and his relationship make, it makes me laugh because you know we had a good five six weeks of strong disagreements um <laughs> yeah and and, and um, he, he he came round to my way of thinking um and and he, but he just came, yeah i think so yeah <laughs> he was i've been speaking with a bit recently you know and he just he sent me a funny voice voice note about that recently made me laugh um but he, he gave us he gave us you know some real quality at the guard spot some depth and we just had good balance mate and then like you know we obviously won the national cup and everyone was doing well you know JP was playing out of his skin it's the best they played at Northumbria and you know I thought Simon's leadership and people would look at Simon and be like oh you know he doesn't really get you know statistics at times whatever you know he, I trusted him and you know defensively I thought he was the anchor for us Tommy D just holding guys account you know his impact was just beyond measure you know mm. without without kind of a box score and and then but like i say you know jp got injured it was one of the last parts of practice on the thursday we were loughborough saturday manchester sunday huge double header weekend and tail stepped in and you know tail was part of our group and he was doing good things but you know by his own admission probably in a limited role you know like yeah and, and when you know tail would start at the four and you know, even when Mal came in, Mal came off the bench. But I thought when we went to that lineup with Teo, Mal, and Sai, and then Blaine and Lou, you know, we just defensively we were we were dogged. Guys trusted each other. Guys were unselfish, making extra pass. You know, just guys just it was just such a joy. And I know this trust the process and the guy. You know, like the guys were together <laughs> off the court. You yeah. know, the guy. You know, they 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 liked being around each other and the. I liked being around them and, you know, I could get on them. I could, you know, we could have different types of sessions and they were just defensively, mate. We were dogged, honestly. We yeah. we went to Reading. We, we, had, we had Reading away in Westminster away to win the league and Reading had, I want to say his name's Craig Ponder yeah, and another guy. Yeah, and, and honestly, mate, we were dogged, like, honestly, like, you know, just relentless. And, you know, Lamar Morrison, mate, he's, I, I love the guy. I love the guy, you know, he couldn't hit water if he fell out of a boat. He's, you know, <laughs> offensively, he is. And, and he, you know, I love the guy. But he just, mate, he would play four minutes, 
or he would play 30 minutes and, and there was just no no like yep yeah, I'm here whatever I need you know like I just that was representative of probably the whole group you know and, and Lou Champ was just he was on a, he was on a different different planet that year he was insane probably one of the Hemel away games like you say you know he was he was yeah he was insane yeah no I, I remember that game um, funny story about that game uh, I think I think uh, we might be thinking of, might be thinking of two different games but um, I think it was okay. the season after when we played you guys and um, yeah obviously I think we beat you the first time at Northumbria yeah, and that was actually funny enough. That was the first time I think I'd been in a team that's beating your teams in like competitive play. So I was obviously yeah, really yeah. happy. Um, but you yeah, had a you good guys... game. You killed us. You killed. I remember. I was getting. I was getting so pissed, Chuck. I remember yeah. you were doing exactly what you did. Exactly what we knew you. Anyway, anyway, anyway. Yeah, yeah I remember. Yeah. Um, and then you guys came back. I get these the two seasons mixed up. This was the this was the last my last season at Hemel. And then we yeah. played you guys at our place and Youngblood tells us before the huddle, bearing in mind, I'm like proper, I don't know if, I don't know if I've ever said this to you, but I was proper like checked out at that point. Like wasn't playing, yeah. wasn't learning anything, was just kind of there. And then he says, on all Lucy's pick and rolls, we're going under. So like I opened my mouth to say something, I was like, nope, we're going to go under. The coach has spoken. Yeah. And I think Lewis hit seven threes. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. I he was insane. Yeah, yeah I, man. Lewis, I think Lewis loved playing at that court, man. Like, I remember even the year I was there, he had like 40, 40 something in a, in a playoff game. Like, he just, he loved, he loved playing there, man. He you know what it is? There. These things stay with you. He had 44 and he missed nine free throws. And yeah. I still tell him about it. Yeah. Today, man. Honestly, yeah. Yeah, no, it's a great time, man. Um, I want to touch on culture. Yeah. Because, like I said, I think one of the things in my time at Northumbria that I picked on and um, it's actually, you know, obviously, you know, Teo, me and Teo are like best friends. You know, we've started this basketball journey together um, at Barnet. Troy is another one of my friends that's played for you. And like, we've always had, we have um, conversations, you know, about our time at Northumbria and whatnot. And one thing we all agreed on is Northumbria was like the best in terms of practice, been the best practice environment I've ever been involved in. And they just said the same thing. And one thing I think we all agreed on is like, what made Northumbria's practices so good is that, you know, it was competitive. You know, there was that competitive environment. So, yeah, I want to I wanna talk on culture. Um, what is a Mark Stewart culture and, like, what's your identity in that in that respect? Yeah, that, that's the key word, isn't it, mate, at the minute? And, uh, you know, Chuck, I know that you're a junkie. You probably... Um... You probably listen to um, Bill Simmons' book of basketball podcasts and like the 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 one with Steve Kerr and they're talking about the secret. You know the and and you know they're talking about different groups. Steve Kerr, you know when he's been on, you know the the secret recipe, the secret formula of you know what bringing groups together and this culture word, mate. You know it's in business organisations, mm-hmm. it's in any profession. You define it by what you do, like and. You know, I always think about trying to get these things down onto paper, and you know, the the process of a basketball season is a long thing, and sometimes you can preempt stuff, and sometimes you have to be reactive. You know, there's a, there's a there's a there's a kind of a balance with it. I think one thing that I always tried to do was put a, a framework out of these are the things that I, as the coach, believe are important. I want you to be who you are, but I want you to understand that we're all committing to, to the greater good. And if, and if there's times when, you know, I'll talk you through it. If I think that, you know, you've done something that you might not be aware of that isn't what we're trying to do, I'll talk you through it. Now, if you consciously continue to do that and it's not what we're doing, 
that's when we're gonna, you know, not see eye to eye. And mm. you know, it, it's it's it would got to the point at Northumbria where, you know, I I felt that like I was able to drive that. You know, I, I talk about Tommy a little bit, Tommy and I relationship. You know, yeah, we. <laughs> Do, do you know what I mean? That, yeah, that yeah. wasn't always that wasn't always great, and yeah. Tommy would disagree with things that I would say. But it got to the point where I, 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 Tommy would say something that you know that I that I didn't have to say, and it became you know really players holding guys accountable. And like you said, I mean, I know different, but the way that you practice, but you know at that level when we were able to get guys together, I wanted guys to walk out of there like you know we've just killed each other, you know and. Mm. And, and and we did and that was the you know that that was special mate and I just think that you know I had we had some structure with how, how the week would look you know this is what we you know we're reviewing here we're doing this with so the guys kind of you know become a bit habitual I didn't want it to become monotonous where we're doing the same stuff but like the theme of the practices were the same you know Thursday we're going to be doing you know our defense and and you know I felt like we drilled that consistently every you know 45 50 minutes and then we tweak it based on the scout and stuff so mm-hmm. I, I don't I don't know if I can give you a, a term to define culture and hopefully when you know I'm a lot older and you know hopefully I've still been coaching I can um but uh, you, you know I just think committing to the program and, and and what you're all trying to achieve and staying through to it and holding guys accountable and I think you know every coach in the world will say you know hold guys accountable and you know how different people do that is probably the art of what I think coaching is. Yeah, um, I agree. You know, and I think that's that's probably where you know different emotional intelligence. You know, you know, analyze and observe all these different things, mate. It comes down to it. You know, there's so many different factors. I was fortunate to have a group of people for you know a good few years there that allowed themselves to be coached continue to commit to buy in trusted each other and and it got to the point where it became special you know like honestly mate it became really special and you know sometimes that comes through with with a bit of adversity you know i've had different examples of it and sometimes it just comes through with trust you know trust and consistency yeah. mm. and you know the, you know like i gave an example there of of um you know, one time um, we were playing, and, and I went through the scout, and I think it was Simon's matchup, and I wanted si- I wanted Simon to chase the guy off the line, and 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 Syed kind of in front of the team, you know, like agreed to it, and then just pulled me to the side and was like, "Listen, you know, I just want to keep it straightforward for everybody, but you know, I'm going to give him one or two where I'm going to challenge him because I think I'm in his head. If he hits one, I'll change it, but don't chew me out for hitting one." And I'm like, "Okay, you know, like that's you know, I saw it one way, he saw it another way. He's on the floor, you know. I think." We're, he he without us having a conversation he knew the time to address that was away from you know the time that he did and that's when that's when it became like effective you know so i think you know i i learned as much as probably i i led as such but it was it was good so i would say like you know the the art of maybe holding guys accountable mm-hmm. trusting each other and, and being consistent with what you're saying you're going to do you know say what you're going to do and stay consistent with it you know yeah no i i definitely agree man and I think obviously having come off a weird season this year with Essex, um, I think that was one of the things we struggled with this year. Um, you know, everyone's probably seen you know how the the league ended, um, but you know we had a run of games. Uh, well, firstly we had a brand new team this year. You know, I was the only one who came back, and um, I personally, looking back, think we struggled to. We said the right things. You know, we had credit to like coach coach Baker and stuff like you know he. He had us, you know, saying the right things. He was saying the right things, but 
I didn't feel like we bought into, you know, that culture of, you know, the things you said. And I think ultimately it played a part in, in a lot of our a lot of our games, you know what I mean? So um but yeah, no, I mean, you know, culture, you know, was was massive at Northumbria and it was it was something, you know, you you know, we speak about Tommy D a lot, but he was essentially I think he embedded the Northumbria culture. Um, you know what I mean? Um so when um when I was preparing this podcast, um no one knows this, but me and Teo did a like a pilot episode um where I sort of interviewed him like this and we brought up something which I wanted to ask you. So we were saying like how, you know, the general consensus when Northumbria were in D one is like everybody hated Northumbria. You know? <laughs> and he asked me why I thought people hated Northumbria, but I wanted to ask you if you felt like there was that sort of not negative energy but that sort of energy towards you know when people played Northumbria when you were coaching and why do you think it was if you if you think if you agree with that yes yeah probably do um you know probably different levels to that different people and stuff it's you know I guess personal relationships etc but Mm. I would say you know there was a probably different elements we were um I would say we were very aggressive you know as a team and Mm. you know people felt that we were physical um, I felt like you know I I I can get caught up in the heat of competition at times. Me personally, and, uh, I get yep. <laughs> yeah, uh, I get demonstrative a little bit, and I know yeah. I know at times you know people would say that you know one of the things I did always try and do, and you know I, I got better. I have got better. I'm still not where I want to be. It was you know obviously the the dialogue with officials. You know I think that's that that. Do you know who was key for that? In my, in, in, honestly, was, was I know we said his name a little bit, and this is where you know coaches can learn off players, etc. As well, but was was Tommy, you know, because I think there was there was a time when we were struggling, and I was riding the refs, and and he just pulled me, and he's like, "Will you shut the fuck up? We need you to coach." He's like, <laughs> you know, and that's that that kind of that kind of stuck with me a little bit where. Yeah. You know, I kind of sat down and, and like checked myself for a second, and I think that might have been the tough year that we had, which could have been Tommy's first year. You know, um, so and, and that's that just you know a lot of credit with him, and yeah, and and, and he was right, you know, because when when I was doing that, I was losing focus on you know what did we need, you know what was you know offense, defense, all that type of stuff, you know. Mm. So it, yeah, um, so I don't I don't think I personally helped. There's probably a little bit of it where I didn't care, to be honest, mate, because the only thing that I did care about was, you know, us and making sure that we were prepared and that our mindset was right. And, and, and you know, I think that we had that that kind of grittiness where, you know, if people didn't like us, so what? And we were going to go on and play the way we wanted to play and, you know, be there for each other. And I know different, but, you know, Blaine obviously talks a little bit of smack and gets after it a little bit as well. Just a little bit. Yeah, just a little bit. (laughs) I kind of, that you know, it's that thing of like, he is who he is and I want him to be who he is and I wanted us to, you know, give it a little bit, you know, bite here and there, that's fine, you know. Um, So, yeah, I mean, it'd be interesting to hear what you and you and Teo thought, but probably probably a a mixture of all those things, you know. Yeah, kind of, I'd say on the same... On the same lines, um, I said I think the main thing with um, with Northumbria teams, you know, and I think again I go back to this conversation we had about culture is the culture inside. I think I learned this when I played there. Um, is like the culture inside is very much, you know, it's it's the tough survive. You know what I mean? It's very you have to have an element of mental strength, you know, to be successful. I think playing 
in that kind of environment and i think the people who do you know survive and who are able to play in that kind of environment those are the people who you know are going to be your you know I mean, your warriors when you go out to war you know what i'm saying so it's like i i felt like that sort of environment created you know the the identity of northumbria when we when yeah. we faced other teams do you know what i mean um and I think a lot of teams also, you know, a lot of teams, when you play against a team like that, that's, like you said, is aggressive, ferocious, you know, you've got guys on your team like a Blaine, like Tommy, like, um, you know, like Teo, you know, who, who will get, who will throw an el- a Jackie Wilson, who will, you know, yeah, yeah, throw yeah. the odd elbow, you know, give you, make you work for your buckets, you know what I mean? And, and, you, and also the long last drive up to Northumbria, you know what I mean? I think the yeah. whole combination, and obviously you being the outspoken coach, that's, you know what I mean, that's on the sidelines. I think the whole combination of that, it just, it created an environment for teams when they were playing off from it, where it's like, we got to be on our A game, man. We fuck these guys, in a sense, yeah. you know what I mean? I think looking back, you know, it said a lot about, you know, the program and stuff, because there's one thing, um, one thing I learned from, it's going to sound crazy, and this is a crazy example, but LeVar Ball, you know, about what he said about, about when he was rallying up all the other players when, when Lonzo was getting into the league. And he was basically saying that, he wants them to be at their best when they play Lonzo because if they can give if Lonzo Lonzo can handle their best then they've got nothing else to show you know what I mean if and I feel like it's kind of like that with with you know with Northumbria you know if teams come up there and they play their best and you guys still win you know and then it's like well shit you know yeah that's half the battle done you know what I mean um yeah um but yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. I agree. Yeah, I agree. Chuck. I agree. Yeah, good. But you know, like I agree, mate. It was just, and and when the focus is internal, and you don't, you know, like it, other people have different perceptions. Then, and, and there was times that you know we would go on these runs, and you could just sense that togetherness, and other teams would capitulate. You know, and that's where, you know, we we would, you know, we we would just like, you know, time out, and Tommy's, you know, shouting, you know, let's stomp our foot on their neck. You know, other people use it, but like let's just, you know, let's get after it now. Let's get after it. You know, and. Yeah, and yeah. It was fun, mate. Honestly, it was fun. You know what I mean. And like, I I remember in like in particular with that group, you know, I would speak to, you know, I I do I have really close coaching friends in the league, and I'd speak to them, and I'd be like, you know, listen, I've let this slide, you know, where maybe I would address it, but we're rolling, we're winning, you know, little, and and maybe that art of like, you know, and I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but you know, that moment in time we were trying to win and we were on a roll and. You know, it's just it it, it it is interesting, mate. You know, but everything mm. everything you've said, I, I absolutely agree with. Yeah, I do I absolutely agree with? Right. Um, and then finally, uh, well, I was gonna ask, you know, what your future plans are, but you know, you <laughs> we know that now. Um, is there any sort of, any plans in the near future to you know, uh, we'll link you know your role at Northumbria and the Bucks to um, to Teesside? Honestly, mate, I have you know with the with how relevant it is, you know, being like yesterday and today, I, I don't know is the answer. Yeah. Um, I really like what Teesside have built off their own off their own back at the minute. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, of like I say, I, you know, I want to I want to coach in the top league in this country, and that's the BBL. Yeah. Um, and you know, Teesside have you know we, we've hopefully set out a path where we can do it together, and you know, you know, getting part of that journey now and trying to push it through. So. Um, you know, there's obviously challenges to that, just the kind of locality. You know, Northumbria's in Newcastle and Middlesbrough, but I, you know, I, I don't know is the answer, mate. I hope so. You know, I hope so, but but I don't know. I think you know, at the minute I'm trying to see them as two separate, you know, separate things that don't, you know, they don't really kind of impact on each other. So, um, I hope that I'm able to get there, and I hope that we're able to get there with, 
you know, with, 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 with doing it kind of the right way, I suppose. Yeah. No, that's that's what I mean. Thanks for coming on. I uh, really do appreciate you, you know, taking the time out and um and having this conversation, you know. Took I had a blast, honestly, mate. Fun reminiscing. It's funny, you know, it kinda of, it's amazing when you talk with people that had fun reminiscing. So yeah. Yeah, I had a blast and thanks, mate. You know, doing a good job. I know we spoke about, you know, kind of the, the, the content that's out there, but you know, you're doing a great job, mate. And you know, from a basketball player, I just think it's 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 you know, it's good. And you know, I've listened to other episodes, um, you know, Tech Gabe yesterday um, about his episode. So, but yeah, no, thanks, mate. Thanks for really appreciate you, and you know, keep doing the good work. Thank you very much. All right, thanks, man. All the best. Uh, stay safe. You know, don't go out if you don't need to. <laughs> exactly. No, same, mate. Yeah, same. Good advice. Thanks, mate. Cheers.